in this business, you're unemployed every day. So unless you're doing the things that get you those deals, those deals don't mean anything until you do future deals, right? We're only as good as our last thing. So it, that to me isn't the, like, it's not an indicator of who you're going to be. Um, it's, can you be coachable and trainable? Are you going to ask for help? Or is your ego going to say, I did X amount of deals. I don't need your help. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions Podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, General Manager of the U.S. Market for Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents leverage the power of verified reviews. You can find out more at ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 274 of the Real Estate Sessions Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. It's why I do what I do. Uh, the ability to to just share with people my curiosity uh, and the fact that other people share it um, just means a lot. So thank you. Uh, this week, back to the Inman community. You've heard me say that phrase a few times. And somebody that I, I would love to have had on earlier, but because of certain situations where I worked and where other people worked, it was I just couldn't make it work. <laughs> but I did uh, today. It's Tiffany Schellander. Tiffany uh, is is a Better Homes and Garden real estate uh, broker owner in New Jersey. I know her through the Inman world as an ambassador. Um, I also know her husband very well, Jeff Lobb. Uh, they're quite the couple uh, at the conference circuit. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Tiffany's got some great stories uh, to share with us. So let's get this thing started. Tiffany, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been, look, I've, I've got so many people, so many connections around the country that I've, I'm I'm slightly embarrassed that it's taken this long to to get you on the podcast because- no, no. no. Well, <laughs> we've had a lot of conversations at a lot of different conferences, and I, I have to blame Jeff, your husband Jeff Law, yes. for part of this blame because him for everything. Okay, good, perfect. I I was with Fidelity National Title for so long, and Jeff has, you know, arrangements with other title companies in his coaching business, yes. and so it just was it didn't make sense for me to interview him or you yep. on the podcast. But now that I'm not with Fidelity, like it opens up some doors. So um, thanks so much for being here. Freedom is beautiful. It is. It is. Uh, I always start at the beginning with my guests and I know it's, I've, I've known you for 10 years. I just think of you as New Jersey. I mean, you live in New Jersey. You're, you know, come on, admit it. Is Jersey girl a bad term or is that something you embrace and go, yeah, that's me. Um, so it's not a bad term for people okay. who are Jersey people. Um, I was born in New Jersey. Uh, I lived here for a sh few short months, 18 and then my parents actually built a house in Orange County, New York, in a little hamlet called Warwick. Ah. So a lot of people know Warwick because apple season and it's become very shishi over the years. Uh, but when I was there, it was very rural and I couldn't wait to get out. <laughs> and, um, it, and the fact that I ended up back in New Jersey is uh, purely by accident. And, okay. Um, I still <laughs> have a New York driver's license. I've been here for 20 years. Wow. So how far away? Isn't isn't Orange County just across the border? Is it? Yep. Yep. Okay. It's uh, um, from where we are now, it's about 45 minutes. I'm home often. It's still to me home. But, um, you know, I went to school in the city. So I'm, I'm a New Yorker. That can be used very easily for a New Jerseyan. 
And, uh, you know, I embrace my roots no matter what they are, but I do not have a New York Jersey, New Jersey license because I probably wouldn't be able to drive here. <laughs> my New Jersey license. <laughs> You've been in Jersey long enough to know this. Yeah. There, there's two parts to New Jersey. In fact, I think your governor tried to create a central Jersey, but oh. for most people it's North and South, right? Yes. And yeah. Do you, do you embrace being from North Jersey and are you better than the people from South Jersey? What's the story there? So I'm not better than anyone. Okay. I don't think North Jersey is better than South Jersey. Uh, it depends on what your goals are. If you want to eat food, I really feel like New North Jersey's better overall. Um, but if you want to party and have a good time, I kind of feel like you need to be down, you know, below like the Newark, uh, Berkeley Heights kind of area. You got to keep going. Yeah. Past Princeton. Once you get to Princeton, that's like two hours down. And now you're like getting, you got to get over to the shore. Yeah. And now you're in party town. But the thing, you know, there's a real big misconception about New Jersey is it's either Newark or the shore. Where I am is Northwest. It's the most Northwest spot you can get. We back up to uh, Pennsylvania and New York. So, we're in the mountains. There's rolling fields, cows. You know, it's fairly rural. Um, the tax rate is not rural. The tax rate is pretty high. That's yeah. the beautiful thing about New Jersey, no matter where you are. You know, most of New Jersey is very rural. It's really pretty. Some really old, um, you know, historic towns, that kind of thing. So what you're bringing back for me is, and once again, this is like a West Coast dude who doesn't really know the East Coast that well would be like that opening sequence of the Sopranos when they do get closer to his home. That's what, that's what you live in. That sort of just very cool trees, hills, yeah. rural area. Yeah. So I was in college when the Sopranos was uh, a thing when it started, mm -hmm. I was just graduating and their opening sequences. I would imagine he's coming down with 17 towards, you know, the city you get towards Elizabeth. Cause that's where it was really filmed. If you've never taken the the Sopranos tour, I don't even know if they do it. And I'm sure now, given the time period we're in right this second, they probably are not doing it. Yeah. But the Satin Dolls, uh, mm -hmm. pretty cool. Chelsea Piers, they filmed a lot of it at Chelsea Piers. That's pretty cool. And then, you know, the, the Pork Store. I mean, you can do like a serious tour and that's pretty cool. I'm kind of like a nerd like that. Like that. Well, that, that transitions very well into my next question, uh, Tiff, and that is that you, uh, I'm sure you were very intrigued by some television being filmed and, you know, where mm -hmm. you went to school and where you lived. Yeah. Let's talk about, so you go to NYU. Yes. Uh, and tell us, tell us exactly what you were doing there. You went to a special school at NYU. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm from upstate New York, basically. Like it's dirt, it's black dirt country. We grow onions. I mean, I grew... There's a pretty infamous winery if you're from the you know the the tri-state area. The Warwick Winery is like right behind where I grew up. I grew up in a fairly rural place. My dad hunted. He owned a landscape business and a septic company. So, you know, we weren't fancy. Mm -hmm. And um, I love New York City, and I love New York City mostly at night when other people are like, I gotta go. I could sit and look at the lights forever. So, you know, as a kid, it was an escape. Movies, TV. I 
have a box in my basement of VHS tapes of every episode of 21 Jump Street. Um, I could have acted out every single one. I mean, Johnny Depp is actually probably, we're soulmates, I'm pretty sure. I always wanted to make movies. I love imagery. I love capturing a moment. I always wanted to be in that industry. So I went through a period in high school where I was not living at home. And there was no way that anybody was sending me. I mean, NYU now is like $76,000 a year. It's a private school. Back then, and you're talking the early 90s, it was forty two to 45000 hmm. So those were pricey times, given the time period. I only wanted to go to NYU film. Oliver Stone, Spike Lee, Christopher Columbus. I only wanted to go there. Uh, I did get in and um, I got about half in scholarships. And by the time it came time to ship off for school, my parents had agreed and I went to NYU film Tisch school of the arts. Yeah. Tish that's, that's, that had to be just uh that had to be fantastic. I'm, I'm just guessing. I don't want to say it's the best time of my life. Cause it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, every time is the best time of my life. Sure. Now it's pretty cool. Really, when my kids were little and I didn't know which way was up, that was also pretty cool. But NY, you know, New York is is a living thing, right? It's not it's not like going to Binghamton. It's not like going to, you know, my daughter's at Kent State in Ohio. It's not like that. It's there is no campus. New York City is your campus. Yeah. It's a you know, it's it's a very different time period in New York than it was back then. Now, I mean, you know, we've spent many a conference there and things have changed tremendously. But the one thing that stays the same is New York is New York is New York. Yeah. And um, if you know, you know. Yeah, it's look at uh, the Inman, the Inman connects there have um, really just opened up a whole new world for me. I mean, we, my wife and I have been there a couple of times for different trips, but to, to be with people who really know. Yeah. Um, the area like you or, and some others, you know, like Lublin and, you know, just that, that where New York is just a, can be a playground for you. Right. It's just super cool. Um, I love that. You, you end up, you end up, um, this is interesting. You end up working for the food network uh-huh. after you graduate. Let's talk about I that. Did. I mean, for some people that, that can't, that watch the food network religiously, that would probably be like the dream job. But then I always think that it's always better to maybe not, if you're a complete foodie, that maybe working at the Food Network isn't the best thing. So there's a lot of illusion that goes on, right? But yeah. um, I'm I'm a foodie. I like food. Um, mm-hmm. I like experiences, right? I like yeah. to experience a great place to eat. Um, I had no idea who those people were when I applied for that job. I graduated a semester early. Um, from NYU. So I graduated in January of 98. I wasn't going to walk. My friends convinced me to come back and walk. Um, And I'm glad I did because graduating in Washington Square Park was crazy. Um, I don't know that they do it anymore. I think they do it at Yankee Stadium now. So Tish had its own graduation. That was at Carnegie Hall. Wow. So, you know, my son is a trumpeter and uh, I got to, to there first. Uh, (laughs) never let him never let him forget it yeah (laughs) never um granted he's been a giant stadium on the field nobody Uh, else has whatever okay 
Cardi Hall's cooler. Sure. Um, and then they do a regular, like all college graduation. They used to do it in the park. And I mean, jumping in the fountain, which is completely not okay. Right. Um, in your gown and shit. That was, that was a lot of fun. I did two movies right out of college. I ended up on a movie that they needed somebody for craft services. It's really weird how food seems to be like all up in there, but you know, in a real estate office in a production studio, where do people go? They go to snack. You put out food, they come. So the, the, the first movie I did was, um, they were actually filming two simultaneously uh, in New York uh, and New Jersey. It was The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. Hmm. Yeah. And then his other film, which was The Bone Collector. Denzel's like, whew, right? Yeah. He's like, the shit. Yeah. He, in, insanely, uh, you know, and at that time, it was 20 years ago. He literally um, was, he's like an icon, right? I mean, he's. Oh, he's, yeah talented like and very understated denzel and his security team had just come from filming malcolm x so they had all become um muslim and they were practicing you know what their 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 dietary needs were different so i was like running all over the place and um that experience doing those two films a was incredible. I mean, the second film, The Bone Collector, literally, I was on set. It was one set. They needed some extras, and they, they brought people from both sets. They were both the same teams. It was the same location team that was doing The Sopranos, hmm. if I remember correctly. It was just really cool. It was a really great experience. And, like, you know, like, you're sitting there, and you're putting out your Twizzlers and the Louisiana Crunch Cake that the guys want, and you turn around, and somebody's like, can I take some of those? And you're like, Oh, sure. You turn around and it's the guy who played big pussy from Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And you're like, Whoa, <laughs> uh, Mr. Pastore. Uh, <laughs> hello. And then, you know, another guy comes along and they're having a conversation and they're talking about the, cause it was a period piece. So they had all these amazing cars on set. Yeah. And so all the teamsters who were driving the cars would be standing around and talking I turn around and it's the father from Clueless, even with Dan. <laughs> I was like, and I'm like, not like, I, I usually don't notice people because I'm so in my own world. <laughs> awesome. But I was like, they were like, you know, and they're having conversations because they're bored. And so they're talking to me and I'm like, I literally just watched the episode. I saw it. Are you okay, man? <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a really good time. It was just fascinating, right? Just solidified yeah. my need to to be in there. So when I did these two Denzel movies, um, I got pregnant right after that. And you think, okay, well, your life is over, right? Never going to do that again. So NYU had a job fair and my daughter was, I want to say three months old. I, I leave my daughter at home with my parents and I Hightail it into the city for a big night out at the job fair. And I'm walking around and I'm like, I'm not an accountant. Uh, I have a degree in Looney Tunes and Quasi Wabbits. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm qualified for. And uh, 
I go through and I'm like, HBO, I talk to the HBO people. They're like, ah, this is probably not for you. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. And um, I get to the Food Network and I'm like, what? What? What network? I'm like, I don't Why is there a network about food? And, you know, I was like, okay, my mother keeps talking about Emerald Live. I should probably, you know, she's yelling at me. I should watch this stuff. So I was like, whatever. Because I, who's going to watch people cook food? Ooh. So I was like, all right, here's my resume. I don't know what you're hiring for. So I give the, the resume and I get a phone call two weeks later. And this lady's like, we'd like to interview you for a production assistant. And I was like, okay, how am I going to do that? Right. I got a baby. So I walk in there and I'm like, well, I need to breastfeed. So if you don't have a spot for me to pump, I can't work here. They were like, Oh yeah, we could do that. No problem. Tell me more about these Denzel movies. <laughs> I was like, And the crew was made up of all women um, on the, like the executive production team. They were like, so what's Denzel like? And I was like, okay. Um, and I actually was offered uh, a position. Um, and that started three years of um, working for the Food Network. It was, it was, you know, and Emerald Live was a live audience. So, yeah, those I were those were a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Somehow, we got to get you to exit realty. I'd gotten uh, a friend of mine from college, a job at the food network. Mm -hmm. And then when we kind of, you know, we were there nine 11, we were there for Mm. the blackout. Mm. We were actually on our way. I was on my way. He lived in Manhattan, but I was crossing the bridges when the first plane hit. Mm. So it was, um, wild, right. That day. Um, that whole experience was real wild. So, I had actually, I had toyed, you know, you have a baby and you're a single parent and you think, okay, what can I do to make an ass load of money and still control my time? Cause I want to be present. Yeah. And you go, hmm, I can sell real estate. No biggie. Uh, you control and make your own schedule. Money just falls out of the sky. <laughs> so I toyed with the idea. Right. And I lived in New York. Uh, but you know, you're right on the border of New Jersey right there. Yep. One night I was on my way home and I was meeting a girlfriend who lived in, uh, you know, Rockland County for dinner. And right next door was a real estate brokerage that was hiring. So I thought about that and I said, well, let me just stop in and see what they got to say. So they were like, well, if you get your license in New Jersey, New York will accept your stuff, right? And you won't have to retake the class. But if you do it the other way, New Jersey has been accepting it. And New Jersey is a 75-hour class. Mm. So I was like, okay. All right, let me think about that. I took the two-week class actually here in Sussex County. The guy who was teaching the class worked for the Weikert School of Business. Um, His wife was a Weikert agent. And he, uh, you know, invited some people in to talk. Now I'd done my research, right? I, I read all kinds of things and I was super smart and I'm a wise ass. So it's really hard to, to impress me. So these four guys come into class to talk about, you know, their business endeavors and what you should do. And I'm sitting there in my sweatshirt looking like somebody's leftover soccer mom. Right. And, uh, 
<laughs> it was Jeff, Bob, um, and his three partners. And so one of the guys' names was Jeff. And, you know, my husband, you know, Jeff is, you know, a little bit taller than me. It's a little tiny thing. The other guy was like six, seven. That's so <laughs> yeah. a, that's a great visual. Yeah. I mean, and you know, so like Jeff's like all like energetic and he's got things to say. And so the guy's just standing there with like a bodyguard. And this other guy is like real salesman. And he's like, you know, you don't spend any money on marketing. I go, well, who pays for it? And he was like, what? So I like caught his attention because I wasn't taking his non like I wasn't buying his sit. Yeah. So sure enough, he keeps calling me. Right. I get my license because whatever. And I don't know what I'm doing. And he keeps calling me. At the time at which I went in for an interview, they were 45 days out from opening an exit franchise. Wow. I didn't know it was exit. I had no idea. They know, didn't matter. It literally, they were Remax. I joined a Remax franchise that flipped in 30 days. And when he walked me through the office, Jeff Lobb had this big board that said he had all these deals and he closed $40,000 in July. It was like the greatest thing ever. And I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And but I caught Jeff's eye and that's how I ended up at exit realty. <laughs> I love that story. That's great. So now you, you, the two of you were at exit for a long time. I mean, yep. really, really a long time, like over a decade. Um, yep, he was there. So the office that I joined, he did not own. He okay. owned four other, I think at the time it was four other franchises. And I joined that brokerage because the partner promised me that they were opening an office in Vernon. This is a, this is, this is a recruiting tactic. A lot of people use, I don't like it. He never had franchise paperwork. I knew that afterwards. Cause I mean, Jeff and I, you know, talked, but <laughs> they never had the franchise documents signed. They were never opening that. They, they thought about it, but they, they never had those docs. So that's why I ended up where I was because he said he was going to open another one there and I just had to wait it out. And I got tired of paying desk fees and I was writing these hundred dollar checks every month. And I was like, why am I doing this? And at that point I'd started working with Jeff ironically as an assistant. And I looked at him one day and I was like, you own a brokerage 20 minutes from here. Do you charge desk fees? And he was like, no. And I was like, then why are we working here? Why are we working in the one that you own? Like, why isn't your commission money going to that place? He was like, I don't know. Sounds like a good idea. So I was like, I'm going. I don't care if you come or not. I'm going over there. <laughs> it was 10 minutes from his house. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't you, know why. You know why he was there. He was there because of you. Well, maybe, but then yeah. I wasn't there. I was out. <laughs> I was like, bye. Financially, this is not making sense to me. Let's go. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it was because it was in the sexy zip code. And so oh. there's an amount of fear that top producers have that yeah. if they change their office location, especially back then, that you would lose business. Gotcha. That didn't happen. But no. um, I joined Exit Realty in July, end of July, August of 2003. And um, I was there. I was 
with exit till 2015. That's when you, when BHG enters the picture, right? Yes. Through, through women and all that stuff, you, you must have known Sherry, you know, prior. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So you'd known her for a while. Um, but did she, did she have a role in you becoming a, a BHG franchisee? You know, I mean, I'm married to Jeff, right? So like, well, that's true. I, I'm like, you know, the back end kind of girl, right? Yeah, I get it. He's, so a, he's up front, but you do all the work. I get it. Well, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I, okay. I used to do more of the work. Now I'm, I'm really focused over here. So I do less okay. of the work, but, right. um, you know, obviously Jeff has built a career speaking and being in front. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he did that with exit and he continued that when he left exit in 2014, he started spark tank media. Right. So, you know, I don't, I never had ambitions of speaking to people or, you know, being on panels or any of that, right? Like I'm perfectly happy learning and sitting in the front row, clapping, taking my pictures and doing my thing. I don't need to be like talking to people. So I'd been asked a couple of times, you know, through association because, you know, the internet and the social media is a, how I got connected with Inman. Jeff had been going to Inman with exit for years. And I, like he was literally supposed to be in San Francisco when Oak was born. Wow. <laughs> if I had not labor on my due date, he would have gotten on a plane later that day. Wow. All right. And he was supposed to leave the next morning. Like he would have left. He did that with the second one. So he knew he couldn't, he was in trouble. Right. <laughs> so um, he'd been going for years. And, you know, my first Inman was, I think, January of 2011. Okay. I think it was New York and I went in for like a day or two. Like it was like, I'm going to get out of my house because I got these kids. Right. It wasn't like I wasn't getting on a plane flying. And then, you know, through that experience with Inman, I met all of the people that we know. Mm-hmm. I met you, I met, you know, Carp. I met all the guys, Yeah, Brett, everybody. Right. And, and then I was online and, you know, it's easier to be yourself for me sometimes, but you have to be real careful in writing. I mean, I'm a cleaner version of me in, in writing, (laughs) you know, I got hooked up with Jay Thompson that way. Mm -hmm. He was responsible for me being on the Zillow advisory board for that long. Nice. Um, you know, I met a lot that, that, that changed how we run our businesses. Both of us, it changed our interactions with people. Um, and it really, that is that because of my mouth online, <laughs> I was very outspoken in every which way possible. And I was married to Jeff. I got an invitation. I started getting these phone calls from, um, I think he's the COO now, but from um, one of the franchise sales guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was happy. I wasn't leaving. I don't care. You fired my husband. I'm fine. No problem. I got a brokerage. I got people. We're good. Like I'm, I'm just loyal that way. Like I, I felt like I, we could still help people Yeah. inside the franchise system. Like I felt like we still could make a difference. And so I wasn't looking for a change at all. So when they called me, I was like, Mm-mm, not interested in you. Never even called the guy back three times. 
Then I got a I got an an invitation to go do a panel in San Francisco, which I was going to be in San Francisco anyway. So I thought about it and I was like, well, you know, it's good for my people here. If, you know, I'm representing a, a, you know, I'm trying to separate from the Jeff thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not just JLW, right? I am a person who runs a brokerage and a business and we do okay. So I, I, I accepted the invitation to do it. It was a panel right when they started the broker tracks. Yeah. And, um, I was on a panel with a guy from a better homes and gardens in Alabama. He was one of the partners down there. Um, and you know, I looked good that day. My hair was on point. <laughs> I did it. I got down. I was like, okay, I didn't die. This is good. Cause it's not my natural state of being. I don't like to be yeah. all eyes on me. And, uh, I get down and I'm picking up my stuff. Right. And you know, my exit people were in the audience, like, and this guy comes over and he goes, uh, I've been trying to reach you. And I'm like, I really, I don't know what. And he's like, yeah, I've been calling you. You haven't called me back. I was like, Oh, really? Sorry. I'm really happy at exit. I'm not going anywhere. And he was like, okay, but, um, could you go to lunch? And I was like, Hmm. I don't know. Not if you're going to try and sell me on a franchise because I'm not interested. I'm not going anywhere. So um, we had a falling out with the um, sub, you know, the sub franchisor. And, um, you know, I uh, was open to having a conversation. I wouldn't have gone look looking for it because I'm loyal and I really loved the people. You know, the great thing behind any brand is the people that run it, right? Yep, yep. And so, you know, whether they did things the way I think they should do them or we agreed on everything, the the people that run Exit Realty, um, the people responsible, we're not going to agree in business all the time, but they were phenomenal people and they were integral in our lives. I mean, we would not have met. I mean, Oak wouldn't be here had it not been for the Dallas Giants game at the convention. <laughs> in 2010 so does he know that story uh not yet uh, he's not a Giants okay. fan or a dallas fan so that would be weird but yeah, he will true. like that when he's older that's great um, yeah i i always told her it was like like how could you could schedule a convention when there's a giants game in town exactly. we had to go yeah they were phenomenal it was a phenomenal experience for jeff's career they you know, we're really integral in our lives for, for a long time. I mean, that was part of our identity. So for me being my personality type to make that change was, it wasn't going to happen. So I told Rich that there, I don't know what I'm not meeting with you. And he was like, just have breakfast. So we had a conversation. I was like, well, you know, if you want to stop by the office sometime, I can't stop you. I mean, you know, and Morristown where, so there, so Realogy headquarters is in Madison, which is like basically Morristown. So it's like 40 minutes yeah. from here. And so, you know, when it became obvious that I was not going to have a choice about, um, you know, for m my own well-being, about staying the brand that I was, I then was open to the conversation and I chose Better Homes and Gardens for two reasons. One, because they were okay with who I was. I said to them, 
you realize who you're dealing with, right? Like I'm not going to shut up. If I have an opinion, I'm going to share it. I'm always respectful and I think I elevate the brand, but there are companies that don't want to be associated with people who are very outspoken. And that's me. And so you have to be okay with that. And two, you're getting me. Like I'm it. Jeff's not a real estate agent at this point. Right. So, you know, if you're here because you want him, sorry. <laughs> you know, and they were like, no, we want you. And they did an audit of my social media and they provided it to me and said, we know who you are. And to be seen at the, the business level like that, when you get into a franchise, it doesn't happen. And you know why that happened? Because somebody gave a shit. Now it could have been calculated. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not the top producing brokerage in the world. I'm a small guy with small people, you know, like we do our thing and I think we do it well, but you know, I'm not a 2,500 person operation, but they knew that and they were okay with that. And, um, you know, when shit really hit the fan, Sherry Chris got on the phone with me and she said, we are here for you. And, you know, we can make this happen. And they did. And, you know, I didn't get any special treatment. I paid my franchise fee just like everybody else. But what I did get was a place that felt like home. When we walked through the door at Realogy headquarters, which, you know, you've probably been there over the, if you haven't, you should. Yeah. An impressive spot. Um, and we sat down, we walked into the Better Homes and Gardens offices. They spelled my name correctly. They spelled my brokerage correctly. <laughs> like, and it was not easy. Like exit town and country. They, everybody messed that up all over the place. Right. And legit, they had like, welcome exit town and country. And I was like, oh, they got the ampersand, right? There's no and. It's like, yeah. I'm like hot shit. Like. They got the KJ. <laughs> oh my God. Like, you know, we, and Jeff and I sat and we sat through the presentation and we sat through all the stuff. And the thing that Sherry Chris does better than anybody else I've ever met is her attention to detail. It's the little stuff that matters. Yeah. And, and in doing that, you make people feel like they matter. And neither one of us had felt that. And I left there and I was like, So did you feel like that was the best presentation you ever sat through or because I haven't sat through that many. I mean, I inherited a brokerage. Yeah, I was not sold a brokerage. Um, you know, I didn't get to experience what he experienced the first time around. He was like, no, that's pretty good. That was pretty good. That was all right. And, you know, Jeff's like not one to be like, oh, my God. But he was like, mm, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and I, I signed the franchise docs February 19th. Uh, 2015 and opened way ahead of schedule, but that's the leadership. Sherry's attention to detail her, her position in the industry where she actively participates without regard to who you are. She's not avoiding you because you work at Remax or because you work for this title company or because you don't work for Realogy. She embraces everybody and she's there and present and she contributes. And that to me, that's, you know, there's no ulterior motive to that. I'm sure there, you know, look, we're in business. I know there is, but it doesn't come across that way. It's, right. it's she's very genuine and very transparent. Super approachable at the end. Anybody can walk up. So it's just, it's awesome. 
you know, and, and the, the further we get into business, the more I realize that it's really being in alignment with my business partners. That really matters to me. Yeah. Let me ask you a couple of things. Uh, let's get some, some direct help for some people that are maybe in your, in your, in your shoes. You've had to hire agents over the years. So tell me what, give me that. What's, what's the one thing you're looking for? Is there, is, is there one thing when you see it in that person, you go, yeah, I, I can work with this person. I can help this person. I, I saw Mauricio Umansky speak many years ago on the stage. Um, for everybody who doesn't know, he is the one of the co-founders of the agency mm-hmm. uh, in California. And um, he said something, and I probably saw him late in 2013. And he said, in my PNP, which is the policies and procedures manual that brokerages should have, mm-hmm. um, we clearly state we don't hire assholes nice and so i immediately was like yes you cursed in writing and that's like legit i can i can teach you how to do the real estate i can teach you how to fill out paperwork i can teach you all those things but if you're an asshole to a client i can't fix that like and if you're an asshole to my agents or other agents you're just not in the right business because that's I mean, especially right now in a seller's market, the only way we're getting deals done is because we have relationships with people. Yep. And so you can be an asshole. Yeah. I mean, think about in today's today's world right now, the fact that you have developed those relationships with other brokers and other agents, right? I mean, that's, oh, criti- yeah. that's critical to finding a property maybe, maybe before. <laughs> yes, 100%. And I'll tell you, you know, um, people always giggle. People always giggle when uh, you say that's in your PNP. Like you slide it across the table. We're like, no, I'm really serious about this part. The rest of it's kind of bullshit. But like this part, we don't hire assholes. It's the most, it's, it's really the thing that matters the most to me because, I mean, look, we can all be a little bit of an asshole if we have to be. There are days where you have better days than, than you know. But when you break that rule and you hire assholes, you don't want to come to work. Yeah. You literally don't want to come into the office because you don't know what's going to happen next. And so I have broken that rule and I, I made mistakes hiring um, over the years um, because you, you know, as a small brokerage, you think, okay, well, you know, the thing I had to learn, cause I'm, I'm very quick to judge. And so in, in the ability, I don't care how many deals you did. Right. It doesn't matter to me in that respect at all because that's not a, an indication. In this business, you're unemployed every day. So unless you're doing the things that get you those deals, those deals don't mean anything until you do future deals, right? We're only as good as our last thing. So it that to me isn't the like it's not an indicator of who you're going to be. Um, it's can you be coachable and trainable? Are you going to ask for help, or is your ego going to say, "I did X amount of deals." I don't need your help. Hmm. I have no obligation to talk to you because I'm an independent contractor or because I've done so much business or you're not qualified. I mean, I have a group of people right now that they're just unicorns. They're not always, you know, they're all going through things. They all do things. But my thing has always been, are you going to be positive? Are you going to be productive? Are you not going to be an asshole? Because asshole is really important. Are you coachable and trainable? It. Very simple. The rest of it can be taught. 
Tiffany, we're running out of time here, so I, but I do want to ask you this question. I think yeah. it's it's um, it's appropriate, for, especially for you, because imagine if you had this magic wand, and you know you could. It's just very movie like. I'm trying to paint a picture of you yes. in a movie. Okay, good. And I'm a godmother. Yeah, there you go. And you get to change. I'll go back to one thing about the industry. What 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 about what you do for a living? Would you would you get rid of or would you add? Um, that's a great question. I think that the thing that is super crucial from my perspective is um, we're real estate professionals. And while that's important, it's, you know, I'm not a surgeon. And so while I change lives because I can help people get from one chapter to another, good, bad, or indifferent, the non-human aspect to some of the transactions and the non-professionalism, if I could, if I could wave a little magic wand and say, okay, forget, these are the rules. They're not my rules. They're the entities of rules. Yeah. Um, I think we all just need to back up a second and remember that we're all people and that people are what get this business done. Just focus. We're people. And I think that really is so, especially when you get a tough market like this, um, where buyers are super frustrated and you have no inventory and, you know, the ugly comes out and um, people don't know how to answer the questions that they're getting. Because I think, you know, especially after the last year, I think everybody's just kind of, you know, really stretched thin on patience and, you know, no matter what it's, you know, no matter what your situation is over the last year, it has literally stretched you and stressed you. And we've questioned everything about our existence in some way, shape or form. So if people could just take a second and remember that people buy houses, people move into houses, people need mortgages, people need title. Let's explain it. Let's let's still be the advisors that we're supposed to be. Yeah. Everybody is just there. Everybody's just trying to do their best right now. So a little kindness, a little empathy, and you know, doing. There's never a wrong time to do the right thing. The right thing is to pay your agents properly. The right thing is to not have ongoing agreements to say if you leave or you get terminated, you get zero. Oof. Tiffany. It's the final question. Um, everybody's answered this question, including including Jeff. Okay. What one piece of advice would you give a new agent just starting out? One piece of advice I'd give an agent just starting out. Um, surround yourself with people who uh, do the business you want to do. Um, don't walk into a brokerage and think, just because I got a 70 or a split, um, or because they have fancy technology or the office is really pretty, that that's going to be the place that's going to best suit your needs at that point. Start talking to agents, see where they're happy, pick up the phone, call people. Because if you're not surrounded by people who are like-minded and are doing what you want to do in the business, you'll never reach those levels by yourself because you won't have the support or the role models that are doing that. I love that answer. In fact, that might be the first time that answer 
has been used in 270 plus episodes. Okay. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's awesome. I'm a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, I, Tiff, really, I really believe that though. That's yeah. Super. Yeah. Yeah. Tiff, if someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, uh, you can, <laughs> I give you my email address, but that'll you can cry. Um, you can always hit me up on Instagram uh, at T Shellander, uh, Facebook at T Shellander. Uh, my email, I'll make it easy, Tiffany at PorschelightNJ.com. Um, I mean, if you Google me, you probably find me too. I'm pretty yeah. simple. Not I mean, a whole lot of Tiffany Shellanders out there. Ironically, I think there is another one, but what? she's not as cool as me. Okay, cool. She Tiffany. probably actually speaks like Norwegian, so like some dialect, Swedish, Finnish, Danish. Yeah. Yeah. She got me. <laughs> Tiffany, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. This has been a blast. Um, I knew it would be. I mean, the, the little side conversations I've had with you sitting on a couch at seven in the morning because we're ambassadors <laughs> waiting for someone to show up and we were wait, both wait, out the whole Seven in, seven West Coast hours, seven East Coast hours. That was seven East Coast, or it could have been West Coast in San East Francisco. Coast could be different. Oh, I'm not a person. Well, I apologize if I was ever cranky. Uh, no, it was it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.